Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. 2020 has presented its share of challenges, and some of us are taking a hard look at our future. Can you imagine owning your own business? As an Amerispec franchise owner, you can have more security and control over your future and be there for your community with an essential service year-round. You could join the most recognized brand and home inspection services, Amerispec, and provide peace of mind to home buyers. With low startup costs and excellent operational support, you can be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Learn more at join podcast. Hello and welcome to another Touchline Fracker special. My name's Lewis and I'm joined by a very special guest today. Uh, we've got Dapo Afalayan. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm very good. You know, like this lockdown thing is, is not easy, but um, we're trying to get by. Um, yeah. yeah, so like I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. Yeah, actually, let me give the listeners a little bit of background knowledge on, on who you are. Obviously, you're, you're, you, you play for West Ham. Yeah. Um, you're currently on loan at Mansfield, if I did my research right. You know, that finished in January. Ah, uh, what? Wikipedia shagged me. All right, you can't trust Wikipedia. That's that's what I'm going to say. So you're back at West Ham now? Back at West Ham. You're back at West Ham now. To be fair, though, there hasn't been much football since January, has there? Yeah, no, nah, it's been a bit no. up and down. Yeah, exactly. Um, so obviously, your day, I, I don't know if you heard our interview with Freddie Ladapo. 
um you're um, the second well, part of our new interview series so yeah i don't know if you should feel privileged or like, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah no nah, it's good it's good yeah it's funny though because um the chef at west ham he calls me he calls me el dapo because he he can't say freddy le dapo he's like, oh el dapo scored again <laughs> yeah do you know what oh, yeah. i listened to a, a an interview just before you came on um with uh, your manager at mansfield when you first signed and he he just didn't want to say your name he was just like uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad i'm glad you said it mate <laughs> so, <laughs> um no but like uh, I, I was interested to obviously um hear your story because your your story is quite an interesting one and quite a unique one you don't have like a conch um a uh a a traditional way of like entering the football scene and, and where you are now and I think it's quite interesting so um I'm like re- I'm really happy to have you on the podcast actually and and also like added bonus that apparently you actually listen to the podcast so that's a that's that's added bonus um so yeah like I, I just want to take it back to where you started from basically I'm sure you get these questions all the time but I'll try and make it as interesting as possible um obviously you started at Chelsea right yeah I did and then yeah. So, so how 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 old were you at Chelsea till? Um, I was at Chelsea till I was fourteen. So mm. I was there from when I was eight till I was fourteen. Um, yeah. and leaving Chelsea at fourteen was like tough for me because it was I left before the end of the season around early February um, because we'd all been given like notice from the club that they wanted to move all of all of us to Cobham. And that was a long way from home for me. Uh, and they was going to move us all into digs in Cobham and we was all going to live there, do school there and stuff. And I went to a quite a good school and I was like quite focused on education as well as football. Um, and I was a year up in school, so I was coming into my GCSE year and moving me out of there and dropping me a year and things. The logistics of it didn't make sense. Like My parents weighed up the risk reward and... To them, it didn't make sense, and obviously they explained that to me. And then I just, to be honest, I just went along with it, um, and it was just one of those things, really. So, from Chelsea, you did something quite interesting, which yeah. is like not a lot of uh, British kids do, which is move abroad. Yeah. And obviously, we're seeing a lot more British talent now moving abroad, and you know, look like basically getting their football and education away from England. Yeah. And you took the decision to move to Toronto, which like I would love to go to Toronto. That that city is amazing. So like you, but you moved to Toronto when you were fifteen. So yeah. like, just explain like like what was the thought process behind that decision, and like what was life like out in Toronto? I mean, it was kind of out of my hands in terms of it was like a family decision based on my mum's work, um, and. I mean, at the time, for at the time I was playing because after I left Chelsea, I went to Barnet for a little bit while I was doing because it was I lived in North, like near Wembley, and they they trained right in Wembley, so there was a decent enough academy. I knew a few of the boys that used to be at Chelsea there, and the academy manager was one of my old coaches at Chelsea, so I was there for a little while. Then, so in terms of football, for me, it was almost like oh, I'll go over there. Um, go to school and then see what I can do. I'd researched like the football clubs from OSC before I got there. Mm-hmm. And it didn't it didn't hit me until I got there, but it was kind of almost make or break in terms of if you if I don't get in there then there's really no other option. 
because football over there is very different. It's not like being in London, you, you don't get into a club like Chelsea. You've got Arsenal, Tottenham, Palace, West Ham, like Brentford, QPR, countless academies, and even like across the country, there's countless clubs. Mm. At the time in Canada, there was three professional clubs. Wow. So Toronto you've got one of them. Toronto FC, mm. Montreal Impact, and then the Vancouver Whitecaps. And, yeah. and the I mean, MLS teams, right? Yeah. yeah, and if you get into the uh, if you don't get into Toronto FC, I mean you're not travelling twenty hours to Vancouver. Oh, or, or, or the other way, so yeah. yeah. I mean, so when I when I got to um, Toronto, I uh, called up uh, Danny Dicchio, who was uh, one of the coaches there. Uh, one of my co- he used to play for Barnet, mm-hmm. so one of my coaches at Barnet knew him and uh, kind of reached out, and he brought me in took like for training and I, tra- I just went there and trained and to be honest it was it was good like it was a, I was so when I got there I was shocked surprised at firstly how good the facilities were mm. how good the training ground um how good the players were and the training it was it was just like being back at Chelsea um everything was there for you uh it, I mean it was better than Chelsea in that regard because they washed the kit for you boots were left there so all, all I had to worry about was just getting there myself um, so I remember what I was doing was I got after school I'd get a, I'd get a cab downtown to the training ground and then I figured out a few of the boys lived close to me so then I started getting the club started paying for cabs for us three to get in together so that was really good for me um, and the way it's, the system works over there is because as I said Toronto FC they're not going to be they don't play against other MLS academies because it's too big the country mm-hmm. They'd only do it once every blue moon in like a tournament towards the end of the season or mid-season, something like that. So from the younger age group, so for example, Toronto FC under-12s, they'll be in the under-13 like regional league where they've got other teams who are like older. So for them, it's better because they learn to play. They're playing against older boys. So they're, fit, they're, they're up to the physical task of the game more, which helped me massively because I was always small, always just... Like it played in my age group at Chelsea because I was always one of the smallest, and obviously the physical side of it was was always what people would worry about with me, about whether I could manage like and whether I'd grow. So going over there, I had to grow up because once you got to, once I got to uh, sixteen, and I was put with the because they do it by age group, mm-hmm. like the year you're born. So I was an, I'm a ninety seven, so I got put with at first because I was small. I got put with the ninety uh, eights and ninety nines. And as I was training, I trained with them for a few weeks. And then they pushed me into the senior academy team, which was basically the reserve team. Mm-hmm. Which, which took, So it spanned from 97, which is my age group, to 22, 23. So I was about, so I was 16 training with 21, 22-year-olds. So it's like an under-23 side kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, was, it was good. And, and we went in, they just started a new league in Canada called League One Ontario, which was... Um, the closest thing they had had to like a Canadian top flight really and so they, it was a men's league but they put our academy team in it oh, nice. and it was good because we I mean the first season we went unbeaten and mm-hmm. we won the league went unbeaten um, but that was mainly because our squad like I look back at that squad of players and we've got like unbelievable players we've got a, a few players playing pro in the MLS now um, Mark Anthony K probably being the standout plays for LAFC best mm-hmm. team in the league all-star in the MLS uh, Marcus Coutinho he played for Hearts in the Scottish Prem 
he's a, he's in Germany now. Um, Liam Fraser plays for Toronto FC in the MLS. So like they've got we had we had good players. We had a player called Mo, Mo Bouli, who was our striker and he was unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, he went to play for the first team and then he went abroad as well. So we had a good team and a great setup there. So it, it was good for me in terms of my development. So, so you stayed out in Canada for two years, right? Yeah. Is it, is it two years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so what forced, um, or what, or what, what was the decision-making process in in coming back to England? Was it something to do with your development over there, or was it just like another family kind of? It was a few things. It was mixed because the original idea was I'll be go to Canada for a few years as a family, but. Um, obviously, I I was enjoying it. I was enjoying my football. Things were good there, especially like the first year, my first season there was unreal. Loved every second. Second season was that person. I'd admit it was tougher for me um, because they introduced a new team called uh, Toronto FC Two, which was the USL Pro team. And obviously, the season before, I got in like one the Rising Stars team of the year for that league I was in, and. The Toronto FC2 team was like a second professional team in Toronto and playing in the USL Pro League, which is equivalent to the championship in America. In America. And when that came about, we had they had like training and trials, and like I was always on the fringes of that team. And then it got, and then there was another team which got made, which was a PDL team for Professional Development League, which is similar to what I was playing the year before. So I was kind of playing in that, and I wanted to be further, but. Towards the end of the year, I realised that it would be hard for me to progress out there because at that time, uh, Americans playing in Canada counted towards the foreign, uh, uh, the, the, the designated. Is it like a designated player yeah. kind of thing? Right now, like international, because you've only allowed like five or six international players. Okay, so, so they got a count. So, so signing me and so a few of the boys that were signed on like young deals or pro deals for them, it's easy because they're homegrown players. Mm. It's good. For good for the club good for the country but for me it's different because I take an international roster spot so they're weighing up between mm. like someone maybe player. more in- uh, experienced yeah, and, yeah. So, I mean so I, I realised you know that'd be hard for me and then the rest I, I got a visa to stay because um, I, I think I just I was just turning 18 so I was like able to get a visa to stay and apply for by myself um, but my, the rest of my family didn't so they kind of were always going to come back. And I said, you know, I'm, just, I'm not going to stay out here in that kind of fight by myself. Mm. I'll just, it, I'll just come back. And I was, I was looking at going down the um, university route in the States anyway. So I'd spoke to uh, schools like Yale and Duke and I had like a, I was speaking to Duke for quite a while. I had a decent offer from Duke. But um, yeah, I chose to come back. When you say like a decent offer, are you talking about in terms of like your education? Yeah, so one of the boys that was at um, Toronto FC, uh, he he left Toronto FC and he went to university. Um, his name's Kevon Black. He was a good player, centre back. He was our captain. Uh, he went to Duke University on a full ride scholarship, so he'd go there. They pay all his school fees. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I mean I think their team was sponsored by Under Armour they get free boots everything just everything's there for them education and a decent footballing and and at that time uh, it was weird because the traditional route because you see it in basketball is you go out of high school go to college 
and he get drafted. But in football, it's different because it's hard. It's not you don't over here. You don't get drafted into a team. Yeah. You either nothing. You get you just get given a contract and you play no matter what age. You are, but over there in basketball and football is different. So at the time, it used to be oh the MLS draft was the way to go through to get into a team. Mm. But with the new um, teams that they were bringing back, the second teams they're bringing in, it made it made it harder because people are thinking, well, I can go to university and get drafted, but. If I've been at, so for example, if you've been at an academy, you go abroad and get drafted, and go to a university and get drafted. That academy that that had you for growing up, they have rights to you anyway. Mm. So you may as well just stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just it was a weird one. The system was all weird at the time. So it, I mean, it was, is it still the same system now? I mean, I think it's improved. Like I know they've changed rules and regulations. I know yeah. the, some of the players went on strike with regards to things, but. I guess like in in I guess Canada specifically and America, I I know they've been an established kind of setup for a long while now, but I still kind of feel like they're they're finding their feet in terms of they're still trying to find their feet maybe in the professional game a little bit. Like obviously their system is so different to like how it is in the UK. So I don't know. How, how, what do you think is like the best system? Do you think the UK I mean, could ever go to something like how they do it? I mean. It's always hard because the American sports system is totally different. It's viewed differently abroad uh, over there compared to because in terms of sports stars are entertainers first and foremost. Mm. Like the LeBron James, the baseball players, they're they're entertainers and that's their job to entertain. They're, they're viewed like in a different way, and football's not on that standing yet. It's getting there definitely because you see. You see, play uh, teams and having what seventy thousand yeah. Atlanta United, seventy thousand at their games, and I think Toronto FC. I know they get forty thousand um, TV deals now as well. That yeah. Stuff, yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely on the rise, but it's hard. Like, I mean, I've had, I have a friend, Dion Pereira, who was at Watford, and he went to Atlanta United. Mm. Um, said it was good there. He said it, it's it's so different to what you think it'd be like. And I, I obviously being over there, I knew what football was like and I know there's good players out there yeah. but it's just infrastructure is on the rise it's it's almost like they're about 20 years behind the Premier League and things like that mm. but, but, but they make quick progress though isn't it oh yeah yeah yeah, American. yeah. yeah. when they adopt something they 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 get it um so so obviously you came back to 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 England so um so did you go down the what happened when you came back to the UK after you left Toronto I came back came back to the UK and I went to university mm. uh, because I was always going to, I was going to go to university in America if I didn't stay at Toronto FC. So I thought I was go to university and play football. Went to university um, and uh, like did a, did a year in Manchester. Uh, then I was, then I wanted to change my course. So I went to Loughborough the year after, but in that summer between Loughborough and Manchester University, I, uh, I was playing for Tuna Mitchum. Okay, yeah. Freeze for a while mm-hmm. um, in non-league and just just to stay fit, just to stay like on top of things. Um, and while I was playing there, I had interest from Charlton, and they wanted to bring me in for a trial. But it wouldn't. It was like they wanted to bring me in in October, but I was on my way to university, so it was whether I stayed in. London for a trial but I might get into Charlton or I'll go to university and Loughborough University is probably the closest thing in the UK to like an American run university yeah so I mean the stadium's better than 
some League Two clubs. They they play uh, at quite a decent level, don't they, Loughborough University? Yeah, they do, to be honest. They um they play at like an all right level. Yeah. They they play I think it's step five of non league. Yeah, I know it's not I know yeah. it's not too far below the conference. Yeah, so if, if I mean it, it, when I got there it wasn't bad, it was good set up. Um their squad's massive for the for the first team especially. Um I mean, I, I had to go through the, the usual route that most university kids have to, like in terms of sports, go through go trials, um, then work your way from there. I mean, I got put in the after trials, I got put in the in the freeze. Mm. Um, so that was I play. I think I trained with the freeze once or twice. Yeah. Um, I didn't play any games, and then I got called into a game on a Tuesday night. Just got put on the bench on a game on a Tuesday night for the ones. And I remember at the time, my boots were horrendous. I had like, I had like some Nike Magisters, um that my cousin had given me because he had a, he was at Arsenal. He had a Nike deal, so he gave me some of his Magisters that but that didn't fit him. And I'd worn them like on Astro, and I'd worn them like loads, and like they'd lit the studs were like non-existent. And I'm playing on a Tuesday night, like on this wet pitch. Yeah. I'll, on, I felt like I was on skates yeah. <laughs> and I remember like I've got a video of when I came on and I not made the guy on the halfway line and like the whole like a few a lot of the university lads were there and obviously university lads are funny because you do, do a skill and they go crazy mm-hmm. not made the guy on the halfway line and I remember thinking oh shit stay on your feet stay on your feet stay on your feet <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was like my first taste of men's non-league football mm. and as there, I just worked my way up. I worked my way into it. Um, started playing regularly. Started scoring goals, um, and we had a good team. Like with some good players there. Like uh, we have uh, Luke Trotman. I mean, you probably know him off Love Island, but for uh, wait, let, me, let me see Luke Trotman. Do you know, I, do, I do watch Love Island, but you know, some of the seasons are a bit hit and miss. First and four, oh, and four okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. First and foremost, he's a right back and he's a good one. Yeah. Very great. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, in my first year, it used to be uh, me on the right, him right back. Mm. And we were terrorising people on the right-hand side. Um, and it was fun. I was scoring goals, just in, just enjoying football, really, just going to uni and then and playing football and enjoying it. Um, not thinking anything of it, really. Um, and then I remember after one at of that, our... That, sorry, just to interrupt you. At that point, when you were at university, was you ever regretting? I, I guess you can't regret it because it was kind of taken out of your hands. But was there ever any kind of like, damn, like I left Chelsea, and then obviously it's transpired that you've gone to Loughborough and stuff. But like, was there ever a point there where you're like, damn, I, I wish I could have been at Chelsea still? Yeah, obviously, of course, of course, it's always like that. Um, especially when you see. I think at that time, my age group, a lot of my friends, they just won at Youth Cup, uh, won uh, UEFA Youth League. Who's in your age group? Uh, well, Tammy Abraham, Fakai Tomori, Dom oh, Solanke. Yeah. Top, top players, yeah. I mean, from our age group, I, I remember I was looking at my photo, one of the boys sent it to me from our under nines, and I think out of our group, we've got close to, I think it's eight or nine pros. Insane. That's insane, considering like what like most age groups one, <laughs> one going pro kind of thing. At good levels, I mean, you've got you've got Fakaya and Tammy in the first team. Yeah, uh, you've got 
Jack Taylor, who just left Barnet in January, got bought for half a million for Peterborough, playing week in, week out there. Um, Ruben Samet, who's at Sunderland, Carl Scott at Newcastle. So I mean, we, we had a great we had a great group of boys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, at at that time, it's hard. Sometimes you you look at things and you obviously regret it, and you, and and but it's everyone takes their own path, and it took me a while to learn that, but. It, it made it. Good it made. Oh uh, yeah, it, mm. for me, it made it easier because, I, I mean, I was just enjoying what was whatever was in front of me. Sure. It's just, just, I mean, when you're on a pitch, you forget about things like that. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. enjoy it and play the game in front of you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I remember after one of the Saturday games we had, um, again, I was just enjoying. I think I I just played the ball and just the manager pulled me to the side and he said, "Solly or Moors are putting a seven day for you." And I said to him, "What's a seven day?" Because I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what seven day was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. common terminology in non-league. Uh, non-league yeah. for, for for those who are involved in non-league football, they all know about yeah. seven days. So he so he told me what a seven day was, and I was like, oh, "Really?" Then I'm waiting seven days. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my. I'm it's in the most the bizarre concept, isn't it? But you know, it's yeah. it's there for good reason, I guess. Waiting seven days, and in those that time, he said, oh, "I've also had like." Um, I've had uh, MK Don's crew, Rochdale, um, like, ask about you. Uh, who, there was another team. I think it was Knott's Forest. Yeah, Knott's Forest. He said, I've, I've also had them like inquire about you. So, I mean, I wouldn't rush to anything, but just you've got some, you've got quite a few options. Mm. Um, and he helped me a lot because he, my, his name, my, Michael Scabala, he's the England Futsal manager now. Oh, nice. He asked, he like, would go through things with me and, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't pressure me into making a decision. He wouldn't tell me to rush. And he, when I, I got injured t- just at that time when Sunday, uh, put in the seven day, mm-hmm. uh, cause I remember the manager calling me and saying, yeah, I've got, I know exactly. I want to play you. I'm going to play you on the left. We've got Luton in the second round of the FA cup. If you sign now, we, I'm going to start you against, you've got 70% chance of starting against Luton in the second round of the FA cup. And I'm, I'm I'm in my uni halls thinking yeah. <laughs> what? They, they beat Luton, that's the third round of the FA Cup. Yeah. That's mental. I could be playing Arsenal next. Yeah, I was, yeah. Um but then I, I I was I was carrying a niggle when I was like then he said to me, Do you really want to go there and potentially make it worse for a game? And I said, Yeah, it makes sense. So then I said to him like, at the minute, I'm I'm not fit, I'm not fit. Um and I remember the the Saturday after I didn't play um, for the for Loughborough, and I'm sat in the, like, the stadium, and they've got a TV in like the box, and I remember football focus being on, and I'm I'm sat there, and then it's one of my mates goes, Soliola winning. I said what? And I go out, they're beating one nil. I get Luton, and then I go out again, and said, they just scored again. I said what? So they're beating two Luton two nil, and I'm thinking I could still go there after this, mm-hmm. but then I'll be I'll be playing in the third round, and then. I thought, ah, oh. and then I sat watching football focus, and it went two one, two two, three two, Luton, four two, Luton, end up eight. <laughs> well, so was there a little bit of relief there, or, or like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, good, because <laughs> I was an embarrassing debut, losing eight two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I got myself. I got myself like I pushed through that injury, but I made it worse. Ended up like out for, for quite a while over Christmas and then beginning of the year like towards the end of January I got back into things got back playing again and then after the our January exams finished I had about two weeks 
off uni where I didn't have anything. And so uh, Rochdale, one of a coach at Rochdale, Brian Murphy, uh, wanted to bring me in. I mean, he's now the manager at Rochdale, but at the time he was uh, one of the assistants and he brought me in and I was there for a week, um, trained with Rochdale's first team. There was in League One, third round of the FA Cup in the playoffs. I mean, I was 19 at the time, never been in in and around the professional men's first team, other than that uh, Toronto FC when I, I did train with uh, them a few times, but not in England. And it was a shock for me because uh, they had uh, they changed at the um, stadium, walked over to, walked 10 minutes down to a little cricket pitch where they had goals and they just marked it out and they're just training there and it was intense, sharp. Um, first introduction into EFL running, which was not good at all because... Mm. Their, their manager, Keith Hill, said, um, the lads who've played Saturday, uh, so we were playing games that was like 10v10, and he said, after we played four, four rounds of games, and he, after each round of games, the lads that didn't play Saturdays, which was my team, were running. So, obviously, I played Saturday as well. So, I was I played 90 minutes Saturday, yeah. and on the Monday, I'm playing in a League One session with Rochdale, and I'm running in, in between sets. I, can't, I was blowing out. I couldn't like believe it. Oh, I couldn't believe it and obviously we were getting battered because obviously they were still fresh the other team so mm-hmm. we're still getting battered oh, but it was good because introduction to men's football and then after the week Rochdale just said to me that obviously you're an unknown identity you've not got any men's experience really um, they said we know you've got an offer from Solio and we'll keep monitoring you so like, we think you should go there go get some games on you about see how you do and then you, who knows what happens so literally left Rochdale on the Friday and over, the, I think it was a Thursday or a Friday, I left Rochdale and I called the manager, Solio Moore's Liam McDonald. And I said to him, yeah, I want to come, I want to sort it out. We sorted it out. I was supposed to go down and play working on a Saturday, but that got called off. So then I, um, oh, what's it called? Then I waited a few days uh, to the next game, uh, which was Sutton. And Sutton United were in the third round of the FA Cup at that time. Was that, um, was that maybe the year they played Arsenal? Yeah, that was the season they played yeah, Arsenal. I remember that, yeah. Sure I think, because when I played them, because I, I, a few, uh, like the year after when I went to England to see my roommate, Louis John, played for Sutton. And I was talking to him about the game because I was saying, oh, it's my debut. And he said, yeah, man, we, we didn't care because we had Arsenal the following week and we were, <laughs> none of us got suspended, none of us got injured. Yeah. Because I remember uh, my debut, I was on the bench and Regan Charles Cook, who came on loan from Charlton, mm. uh, he scored in the first minute and then in the 45th minute. And then I came on and literally about a minute after I'd come on, he gets played down the right-hand side and I'm literally running side by side with him and he squares it to me and I, and I tap it in. Mm. First time, I was buzzing because he could have he gone one of the one with the keeper and probably scored a hatchet, but mm. he squared it. And then after that, like, I was just confident in the games and I just kept growing in confidence and then just making an impact off the bench. And then I think the manager gave me my first start away at Dover and it was nil-nil, but I played really well. Um, then I played against Braintree and I probably should have scored a hat-trick that day. I remember I got one clear off the line, scored a good goal. And then I remember we were 3-0 down after about 15 minutes. Didn't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes and I was like, "Oh my days, we're getting battered here." Anyway, I think it went three-one. Then I scored to make it three-two. Uh, then we equalised. We made it three-three, and I remember it was buzzing. Mm. And that, 
that was my real first taste of like the emotions of like a men's football game and everything that goes with it. Yeah, like obviously I'm just looking at your solid hole record now. So you you got so you said you were playing from the left, right? Yeah, so like I'd play either from I play from the left. I play uh, up top by myself, depending on the games. We we were ling- like languishing it just above relegation in yeah. my special first season. So my first season, I played mainly. I'd say I play up top a, a quite a lot by myself, and then if I come off the bench, I play like out wide. But in my first season, I, I think I scored four goals. Um, yeah, I got four goals in fifteen, and then and then in your second season, you got eleven in thirty. Yeah, which is which is pretty decent considering that's your first like full season playing. But Solihull was professional, right? I mean, we was. We was in a like it. Some teams in the league were professional teams, and then you got us, who it was our second season in the conference. Right. Um, like our setup wasn't as good as other teams. Like mm. I mean, we we didn't we never had pre match or anything. I mean, the only time I've ever had pre match at Solio was we had Torquay away, and I mean Torquay's about was about five. Yeah. Hours Might as well so go we to left, Toronto, basically. We, yeah, we <laughs> left. We left at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Drove down to Torquay, remember we were knackered, and then somehow we won at Torquay. But I think our goalkeeper scored the winner. You know? What? <laughs> yeah, mental, non-league's mental. Like I remember, it was it was windy down there. He booted it and it bounced, it threw over the keeper. Yeah, but yeah, so we uh, yeah, that was my that we we didn't really. It was hard because the budget for Solio wasn't massive, and mm. our goal was just to stay up and to stay in the league. Um. So and we didn't have our manager was young, first experience at that at, at, at that level. Um, but I mean, we stayed up in our first season with on the penultimate day because when I got there, we were pretty much basically safe. Saying, "Oh, we only need a win to to stay up," and then we went on a game where we lost a run where we lost seven games in a row, and like that, it, it hit us badly. Like we all, we can go down here, boys. When we went to Tranmere, and I remember. I managed it before it's the arts of Tranmere, massive club, massive stadium. It was like Easter weekend. There was about 5,000 there. And we were, we were like, oh, yeah, just, he was like, just go out and enjoy it. Just go and enjoy the experience. And I remember it was nil-nil, first 10 minutes, I think. And Regan played me in. And like I ran I ran to, to get there and I kind of checked my run to stay on side. And then he played it. And I remember if I carried on going, I probably would have got in and scored. And then after that, the gates opened. I mean, it went 1-0, 2-0. Then they had a penalty, missed it. But then the guy scored again after. So it was 3-0 at half time. Mm. I remember I, they were, they were brutal, like battering us, like in a challenge. And I remember like, I couldn't see out my eye, like for half the game, because I got hit in my eye. My eye was all blurry on this side. So I couldn't see out my eye on the one side. I'm, I'm trying to play this game and I was all over the place. I remember half time I was getting told, but obviously, I was just firming it because I just thought I've just got a firmness that I didn't want to be like. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. A combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba. That really is like when that's 
I think that's something that people don't really take into consideration when they're like analyzing like the jump up in levels. It's that competitive element. You're never going to be able to replace it. Like you, you've got like guys, obviously. Um, playing for Tranmere it's their livelihood you know they're playing for their bills they're playing for their you know for their family kind of thing and um it's something that I get we're talking when when we get to your spell at West Ham and stuff like that it's it's something I'm quite keen to talk to you about like the 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 difference in levels when you got these when there's something really on the line and um like how it is playing in those games it's it must be something really hard to replicate like in youth levels, reserve levels, and stuff like that. Yeah, until you it actually play, is it's hard, but it's so hard to replicate that because I I know like I remember our captain at the time, Liam Daly. He he's like a, he's a legend at Solio. He's a great guy. I thought he's a good player, great good centre back. But I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't see many Liam Daly's like the higher you go up because he every every game meant so much to him. You know, he's working for that clean sheet bonus because that let's not be let's not get like disillusioned like people need it because a lot of the lads at Solly all had other jobs I remember some of the games we played like some of the lads wouldn't be able to come because if we had an away game on a Tuesday night they got work and some lads, lads, lads have got jobs so they got mm. so some of the lads who were teachers mm. if they couldn't find, if they couldn't find cover they couldn't come to the game because yeah. How, how many teachers can get let out of, of class at one o'clock in the afternoon yeah, to get yeah. on a bus to go play an away game? Because I remember we had to throw a screen away on a Tuesday night, which was like a trek. But then obviously lads are like, oh, well, I can't, I can't come. One of the boys said he had to, he was taken over detention, so he, he, couldn't, he couldn't do it, which is unheard. You wouldn't hear that like that in the professional game as no, but it makes for I mean, good stories when teams like that yeah, like do well oh, in the cup competitions and stuff like. Of course, I mean, we went to Forest Green and we got battered in the first half. That's probably the best team I've played because they were near the top of the league. If they won that night, they went top. Mm. Um, Liam Noble, who was their captain at the time, he bullied us in the first half. I remember it was that bad where they went one up and they hit the bar and they they was they almost they could have been four or five up in that first half and. Um, he he took he literally was taking the mick like they had a goal kick and I was playing up top by myself and he's gone back to the keeper keeper's passed it to him on the edge of the box and he's put his foot on the ball and like gone like this to me mm. to like come press and I was like what <laughs> I was like running around he just went bang 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 passed it around me like I remember we were getting battered and then I managed to change the shape we went to two up top three at the back and then I scored like my best goal when we had a free kick and it, they, Liam Daly played it quick and then I literally just played off instincts like the centre-back was there gave him a nudge to put him off keeper came out and like just put it over him and around him um, and then the other centre-back he tried to recover and I, and he's like slid and I've megged him literally on the six-yard line and his uh, teammate was in the corner I just, I just smashed it as hard as I could and it went in buzzing because we're thinking our oh, little Solly will go for a skew we're going to get a result and then in the ninety fourth minute, um, they 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 went and scored a winner and got it because they had a, had a chance to score a winner and the keeper made a great save. Like the ball got crossed in and it bobbled up, and I've literally just thrown my foot at it and he's like punched it mm. on my foot and over the bar from about a yard. I couldn't mm. believe it. Mm-mm. But yeah, I remember like, but even even that like they they were that desperate to go up that um 
after the game, our captain was like, their their skipper Liam Noble like in the ninetieth minute was saying, "Oh, I'll give you, I'll give you four hundred if you last score, five hundred if you last score." <laughs> in the game, I think that's it's crazy to me. Well, <laughs> um, so obviously you had like, so you had like a year and a half at Solihull, was it? So you had one full season and one half a season. No, so I had so I had half of the first season and then another half of the second season. So. My second season at Solihull was different because we were rock bottom of the league. Mm. For so like you managed whole... to stay up the first season? Yeah. Mm. And then the second season, we were rock bottom. Um, I got a bit restless because towards the end of the second, uh, my first season, I had interest from clubs. I was in the papers about Leicester and Swansea and then I got um, invited to the Jamie Vardy Vinan Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I was going to go there and do well, but I missed out because of an injury. And then start of the second season, I started off really well. I remember, I think, I think it's because I had a bet with a security guard at Solio. He said, he said to me, "I bet you can't score ten goals before uh, before like the January transfer window." Mm. So I said, "Cool, bet you." And I remember I scored seven by October, mm. so I was flying, I was buzzing. Um, and then I got to nine right in November, and obviously we're still rock bottom of the league. And he said, "Nine, oh, you won't do it. You won't do it." And I was like, "Now nah, I will." Remember the last game before the transfer window was uh, made. I think it was Maidenhead away. The, no, actually, no. Who would it have been? We had Maidenhead away on Boxing Day, and it would have been someone after that. But I remember after that, I was like, "Oh, I need to, I need to score." Like, I need to sc- even off your bum, like got to oh. score. And and I, I didn't, I didn't manage to score. And I was mm. fuming. Mm. The first of January comes Maidenhead at home. I scored two, <laughs> so I got. <laughs> I got to t- I got to ten on the first of Jan. Yeah, fuming. I was like, oh, <laughs> I lost the bet. He had the bet. He had the bet with me and the old manager. So our old manager got, got sacked, and then Richard Money came in, and he was good. like, I think he was really good for me because he changed our system. We played a three-four-three, three and he played a big man, and then me and Jermaine Hilton on the left. Jermaine plays for uh, Motherwell now. And like so, it was kind of us two, and we'd always rotate off the big man. I remember the best game I pr- we probably played was at Eastley. Um, but we was unstoppable that night because we was just floating off each other, just enjoying football. And rich, like rich money, he he taught me that like I need to be right in my defensive position so that when we get the ball, I'm in a great position to pick it up and just go and attack. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I really clocked onto the defensive side of the game, knowing what I needed to do. Picking up the right positions. Yeah. And then he he resigned after 28 days, uh, which was a shock to me. And Mark Yates and Tim Flowers came in, and I mean, when they came in, I, I mean, I don't I don't know if I was their cup of tea because I wasn't the f- most physical centre forward. Mm. Um, their system that they played wasn't didn't really suit me. So I don't know. It was hard for me at first, and the first few weeks and months were hard because in my head, I'm still I still had teams that wanted like were interested in me in January, and I was like, oh, I need to leave in January. But hearing that interest, though, because you mentioned some big big clubs, like how did you did that like affect your attention at all? Like whilst you're playing for Solihull, me it did. Matt towards the end of coming up to January, it did for me massively because it was almost as if you're in a game and you're like. Oh, I need to do well, and then if yeah. you don't, if you don't do well, you're worrying about scouts that have come to watch you because you know scouts. Because the security guard always used to tell me, "Oh, mm. they're here." Oh, so and so is asking you about you today, Portsmouth, Barnsley, yeah, like sorts of these clubs. And um, 
yeah, that must have, right. that must have like, because um, as a striker, obviously you've got, obviously I, I don't know myself in it. I'm not really, I'm not a striker, but you've got that pressure on yourself to score to score goals. Like you, essentially, you guys make the most money because that is your job in the team to 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 put, to put the ball in the back of the net. But obviously, you're playing for a team that, I mean, I don't have like this the statistics in front of me but I'm guessing if you're bottom of the league you're bottom for a reason right like, uh, yeah we, we was bottom for for a reason and exactly. we were back so it must be like hard for you to number one get chances to score goals yeah if the team isn't great so then with that added pressure of like you know you may only get like one chance a game coupled with the pressure of geez there's scouts in the in the in the stands that you know could impact my potential like career in the game like that must have been a lot of weight on your shoulders at what 20 2019 yeah. 20 yeah I was yeah I was 20 and it was like it was it was a lot of weight on my shoulders but I mean I didn't deal I could have dealt with like in hindsight I know I could have dealt with it better mm. um I know in games I remember one stands out to me Maystone when um the ball like one of my teammates had a shot and he even said it to me he's like oh because like, a lot of my friends always just say I was lucky. Like literally, the ball was fall to me in the right place, and I would score. Mm. Um, and it, it bounced to me, and I in my head I'd already scored, yeah. and I just swung it and I missed. So what and was that? And it's a, a concentration thing. Kind of, it was just taking things like Too I was bad. just snapping chances, and because mm. I wanted to score that bad, mm-hmm. um, and especially with the new managers bringing in players, because in non-league, the transfer window is weird. You can bring in players at any time, really. Time, so yeah. Bringing in players left, right and centre. I remember when I was at Solio, they, I think they tried to bring in loads of strikers to like compete with me, compliment me. Um, but under under Mark Yates and Tim Flowers, that was the real... Like, I was on the, Towards the end of it, I was on the bench for most of the time because mm. for two reasons. One... I, had, I wasn't really hitting like the heights of form that I was in earlier on in the season and then two because of the speculation that they was worried about my concentration and my commitment to it mm. so I know coming towards the, the transfer window um, over the month of January there was clubs that were interested in me and I kept going away from Solihull to go to clubs so I went on trial at Birmingham City um, I went to Wigan Athletic um, some and so I was spent a week at Birmingham, a week at Wigan, and then I went to Peterborough towards the end of the transfer window. And Grant McCann was the manager there at the time, and he um, brought me into Peterborough. Um, I remember just before I only agreed to go to Peterborough because it was four days left of the window, yeah. um, and I was like, I just wanted to get myself out there. If they like me, they like me. If not, then I've, at least I, at least I went and at least I tried. And luckily, that on the Saturday before Dagenham, I remember I was warming up, and I was annoyed because I got there and I, I weren't starting. I was I was annoyed. They just brought in a new striker, Adi Yusuf, to re- obviously to replace me. But I was still at the club, so they played him. First thirty minutes, he scored two goals. <laughs> I'm sat, I was sat on the bench. I remember that game because Adi Yusuf used to play for my. I used to coach for a Ryman side called Avely, and. Adi Youssef actually got signed from Cheson, I think it was, or something like that. And he was at Avely before. And I remember it, I remember his debut for Dagenham quite well. And we was like, what? Adi's just scored two like, another, on his another, debut for, for Dagenham. It was, it was like a weird experience. It's another Adi Youssef. This one's from Leicester. Oh, 
okay. Leicester, you, so, you oh, played. Right, well, that's that. I feel, I feel a bit dumb now. Um, wait, who was the one that played for? There was another Ade Youssef then, or Youssef, who used to yeah, play there, for Dagenham as well. He scored on his debut. I think there was one, but this one he came in. He came into Solly and he scored two. And I remember I was warming up and I, like I was, I was annoyed. And then the managers brought me on. And I scored like one of the boys, Jermaine Hilton. He, it was like the goal was a good goal because he goes through on goal, chops the keeper, and the centre back and squares it to me, and I tap it in. And I remember it put us three one up at Dagenham. We were obviously bottom of the league still. Dagenham were near the promotion places, so it was a massive game for us. It, I mean, it, I think I'm not sure if the fans. I can't remember if the fans were saying it kicked off like the great escape for them for Sol- for Solio. Um I remember that game I scored, so I went to Peterborough. I was confident, did well, did my thing. And uh, got offered a deal at Peterborough, and oh, this was the day before the transfer window closed on the thirtieth of Jan. I was buzzing, happy. Um, the next day, I was planning to go. I dri- drove back to Loughborough, and the next day, I was planning to go to Peterborough to sign a deal. Um, the night before, my agent called me and he said, "I'll oh, just don't in the morning. Don't go to Peterborough. Go to Solio because first of all, the um, owners at Solio want to sit with you, and there's something else on the table that might be happening." So I said, "Okay, cool." Drove down to uh, Solio with just a bag of my boots and stuff. Um, and then I get to the ground and they're like, oh, I'll just come to a hotel around the corner because, you know, all the lads were in and there was a game, so they didn't want, like, all the people saying, like, speaking to me. So I remember sat there and I was having tea with, like, uh, the director of football Solio and he's like, yeah, um, West Ham are in a meeting deciding whether like, they're going to they're gonna do it or not. I said, what? And he goes, yeah. So you had so, no, you had no knowledge of this prior, not an inkling. No, no. So like my 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 agent mentioned like the night before, yeah, something might happen, and he said West Ham, but I heard it and I just didn't, I didn't think of anything right. of it. Like roommate will tell you, like I just thought, nah, he's just messing about. Then obviously when I got to Solio, they said it was real, and then I'm sat at nine o'clock on the on the day, and they said that um, uh, Terry Wesley, David Moyes, uh, and Karen Brady and the owners were were talking about whether to sign me, whether to give it the green light or not. And then I got the call about eleven o'clock saying, oh, "My agent said that I'll drive down to London. You got to go there for a medical and all, everything." And I was like, Pfft. "So obviously I'm sat in the car for two and a half hours to London from Birmingham, like buzzing, but thinking I oh, just don't crash, just don't." Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, then that day was a whirlwind. I got to West Ham about four o'clock, mm. went for a medical, and then I was sat at the London Stadium for, for hours because they were getting rid of a few players. And obviously, Little Dapo was at the bottom of the list. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. We signed Jordan Hugo that day, um, got got rid of a few players. And so obviously I'm sat there and I was just for ages waiting. And it went through about half one very close like literally close to the deadline I went in and signed all the stuff and faxed it over to the FA and then it got done and then the next day went into West Ham had to go for some more medical testing and then the day after I trained and then just start from there I just just kicked on that must have been all such a blur like to happen that quickly you know it's it's something you've probably working towards for you know, since you've since you even started playing the game, and then for it to happen that quickly for you to get signed by West Ham, it must have been an unreal feeling. Yeah, and no, of course it was it was unreal for me. It was good. Um, I like, like 
I was happy to be there. I was just happy to work. I was grateful for the opportunity. Um, I remember my first few sessions were good. And then I played against Sunderland on in the 23s game. And I played, I was playing against, I went from on the weekend playing in non-league mm. to the week after playing against Jack Rodwell at centre-back. <laughs> That's crazy, man. What what would you say? So obviously, like um, you you've played quite a, a bit of under twenty threes ball, and um, I'm looking at West Ham's games. You lot score so many goals. Like you lot are just it's, this season, it's mad. This season we've been we've been on flames. Yeah, you but... guys have been clapping everyone. So like, ha- what's the differences? Number one between under twenty threes ball and obviously playing in the conference and. Also, like, what's the difference between playing for a side who is literally scoring three, four goals a game to someone like Solihull where, you know, chances are few and far between? Yeah. Um, well, obviously the conference is different because you go to games and it's obviously... Football's a weird one because you get to a game and there's, a, there's this gradual build-up of, like, the atmosphere expectation all sorts of things no matter what level you go to really because especially like in terms of the men's game like especially league one league two conference like you get to a game half one you go on the pitch you start seeing more people around you come up yeah. more people by the end of the warm-up the stay like the ground's getting busier yeah. there's people about and then come 257 you're walking out onto a pitch like there's the music, there's a fan there, and then you go and you play and you enjoy the game. Whereas for 23 football, it's kind of you don't have that atmosphere building up a lot. Empty stadiums, lot. kind of thing, yeah. It's quite monotonous, and you kind of it's a different type of focus you have to have, I think, because a lot of the time, all that rising yourself, like bringing yourself to that level where you need to hit in a game in men's football, that a lot of the time that can be done for you in terms you just just by being there because you. The, the ground does it for you the atmosphere is built whereas in 23's football a lot of the time you've got to kind of build yourself up and think you know what I've got to go out here do this and mm. for example in that game you might make a chance and you'll hear like a roar and you'll get encouraged by the crowd whereas in 23's football it's silent sometimes just hearing your coach scream at you <laughs> yeah exactly. in, in men's football sometimes especially when you're playing on the wing you can get away with not tracking the runners on the mm. other side of the this episode is sponsored by schwans.com what are you having for dinner tonight hmm good question schwans home delivery has a solution for you stock up your freezer with high quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides delicious ready-made meals ice cream and more no subscriptions no memberships just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. So so you said, obviously, so West Ham must have been watching you for, because I, I know West Ham, they're very, they're very particular about who they sign, especially young players. Like, they've got a very good record when it comes to, you know, youth talent in particular. So, like, do, do you know, like, what, what it was that brought you to their attention and how long they had been watching you for and stuff. Funny because apparently, um, so Terry Wesley, who was the academy manager at the time, he was good friends with the director of football at Solio, Mark Fogarty. And he, because his son, uh, Mark Fogarty's son, Charlie, was um, in Birmingham Academy when Terry was there. 
and Terry was his coach. So they were good friends. So obviously, uh, Mark was doing quite a lot of work on my behalf with trying to get like, get clubs to look at me and interestingly told Terry about me. So I think Terry and West Ham would scouted me, looked at me for a bit. And then they knew, they saw that I was playing Dagenham, which was minutes away from obviously West Ham training ground. Yeah. And they saw I was playing Dagenham on what, that Saturday that I told you about. So they came, uh, Terry Wesley and Liam Manning, who was the assistant at, for the 23s at the time, came to watch the game. Obviously I was on the bench. I didn't know they was there. Um, and obviously I came on, scored, played well for like 20 minutes. And I had that 20, I didn't know this, but they said to me after, he said, um, I had that 20 minutes to impress them. I had 20 minutes to show them what I could do and I did it. And obviously I didn't know at the time, but obviously looking back in there, Liam always used to joke with me about um, my perception because he said he could see me warming up and he could see all this stuff. <laughs> so it's weird because it's like, I didn't know that they was at the game. Didn't know there was didn't have a clue. If you had known they had been at the game, how do you think that would have changed your mentality or like anything in particular when you were coming onto the pitch? I don't know. It's hard because going going back to when I was like a few years ago, my mentality in terms of towards scouts was different. It was like, are oh, there scouts here? Blah blah blah. It's like nowadays, if there's scouts, there's scouts at every game I play. Mm. Where what level there's always going to be someone watching who knows someone who will put a word in. So that whereas then it was like oh god there's scouts here but like I'm gonna to have to you, sometimes you try to do too much and yeah. there's people watching and you know there's people watching. But um, yeah, it's just I, I don't know. I'm not sure how, how much I could have done different. I mean the goal I scored was put on a plate for me, mm-hmm. so there's not really much else I could do. Um, could have scored another one to be honest, but the keeper made a good save. But yeah, yeah he just, obviously did enough though to yeah. to capture their interest though. Yeah, so I mean, apparently after after the game, they spoke to Solio, and then Solio told them that Peterborough were interested in Peterborough, like they was going to accept a bid from Peterborough. So then apparently West Ham stepped in and 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 got me. So. Yeah, it was good. I'm grateful for for Terry and Liam for for the for the opportunity they've given me. So, so, so what's the what's the what's the oh, like what's the long term plan at West Ham? Obviously, that might sound like a bit of a stupid question because obviously the idea is obviously break into the first team and move from there. But what are your like short term goals and and long term goals um, for for West Ham currently? Um, currently, for me, it's. Uh, I mean, when I first joined the club, David Moyes was a manager. Mm. Um, I, trained, I trained with the first team once or twice then. And obviously, from then to now, I'm a much different player. I've learned a lot. Um, I've come on so much. And I've learned from my loan experiences as well. So um, I feel like I'm in a position now where I can go. And, and for me, it's up to me to show the manager what I can do and, and for him to then um, trust me enough to give me an opportunity if it works out, if it doesn't work out, all I can do is give it my best at West Ham and try to um, get myself in the manager's eye and that's what I'm working towards, really. Um, yeah, sorry, come. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying, I've, I've had a, I had a rough time of injuries, yeah. but I'm coming out of that now. This this little quarantine period has helped me. I uh, had surgery just before it, so... I mean, Marie, I'm not missing out on much football at all at the minute. And no, no, 
I guess that's kind of working good in 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 favor for you in terms of like you're making recovery and stuff. Yeah, I mean, in the short term, my main the main focus for me is get back fit. Um, we're currently top of the league in the twenty three mm. league. I think we're top by a point from United. Um, we're in the semi final of the international cup. I think we've got Arsenal away at the Emirates, so I mean, we've got five massive games, five games we have to win. Um, I don't see United slipping up much um, in the next four. So, I mean, it's it's down to us. The league's in our hands. So, that's for me to win the league and hopefully get to the final of that cup. The International Cup would be massive. Um, so, it's something that we, as a group we, we're working towards and we want to do. We want to win the league and we want to win that International Cup. And then from there, we will take it, take it into next season. Yeah, you're, you're three points clear in the, in the league. You are unbeaten. Yeah, we're unbeaten. I mean, we've dropped a few points. We've, we've drawn a few games we should have won. Yeah, a couple uh, of free, free draws. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember Reading moved three one up and we conceded twice. Yeah. Uh, eight, but, um, yeah, we just need to... Just need to. I mean, the twenty-three foot. We see it quite high-scoring games because sometimes there's individual errors and stuff. But yeah. it's... it's Players are learning, learning the trade. I mean, our team, especially, we we we're really good because we've got a lot of young players. Like one of our players that plays week in week out, it's only sixteen, seventeen. Amadou Diallo. So, um, who would you say is um, obviously along with yourself? Who would you say is like the best, the best player in um, in that squad at the moment? Like anyone that you're tipping to, you know, go go all the way. Uh, I mean. If you speak to West Ham people, everyone, a lot of people will tell you um, about Nathan Holland. Uh, Jeremy Ngaki has obviously now made his Premier League debut and he's played about three, four games now for West Ham. Ben Johnson, um, Connor Coventry, Dan Kemp, like names like this. In the younger age groups going, that you've got Aji Elise, who's an England international. He's on loan at Atkinson. Um Amadou Diallo as well, who's England international. Jamal Baptiste, who's only 15, he played, he played a, few, a handful of pre- under-23 games already. So, I mean, West Ham's a club where if you're old enough, you're good enough. So, yeah. it's just it's one of those things. We've got a good set-up, great team. So. That, I mean, that must be really encouraging for you because obviously you've done quite well this season numbers-wise. Like, you've got, like I think you played eight games, you've got three goals, four assists. That's That's pretty decent numbers. So, like for you, it must be encouraging to know that that if you perform well, there's like a clear path there for you to go to the first team historically. Yeah, it's that's one of the main reasons. I because I looked at it, but I said it with my dad at the time. As you say, if you're if you're nineteen twenty and you're in a in a like a men's football environment, I always said to myself, I didn't really want to go to, down the under twenty three route, but Outside the top six, you look at the clubs, and there's no one. There's no one better that I could have gone to than West Ham. That in my eyes, because historically, the way that they've produced players year after year, season after season, it's just it, it makes it's an offer. It was an offer you, I couldn't turn down. Yeah, like West Ham United, being a London boy as well, getting to come back home, it makes it made so much sense to me, and well, hopefully, it pays off. And yeah. I'm, I'm working my hardest to to make sure it does you um 
you you had a, a couple loan spells uh, this season, right? So you went to um, Oldham and yeah. So and so I went to Oldham. Oldham to, sorry, that's it. Yeah, I went to Oldham at the end of last season. Okay. Um, and Mansell at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, so my loans have been different because coming out of men's football and going into academy football, my my whole thing was, oh, I, and I want to go back into um, men's football. I want to be playing again. I want to play week in, week out, scoring goals and kind of build my profile up again. So beginning of, um, what is it now, 1920, so beginning of 2018-19 season, um, had a few clubs I could have gone on loan to in League Two, um, in League One as well, and in the conference. So I was like weighing up the options that I had there. Then we went on a pre-season tour to Slovakia, and a Slovakian club came in for me, and they were Spartak Trnava, and they were in the Europa League. Mm. So, I mean, they came in, and it was on deadline day, and I decided to to try and make that deal happen because, I mean. At twenty, at twenty one, how many people can say they've played in the Europa League, mm. um, gone alone to uh, gone alone abroad and played in the Europa League? So, so you don't for me, fear going. You don't fear going like abroad, even to countries like Slovakia, where you know. To, I mean, to most people, it's like what is Slovakia kind of thing. Like I've heard of Spartak Trnava, and, uh, but it's like you're you're not afraid of doing that. Nah, I mean, for me, it was one of those things where I looked. I looked at him. I said. If I go there, do well. Um, if I, I said even if I go to the, go play because their group in the Europa League that season. I, let me get it up because if you look at it, they had Anderlecht, um, Fenerbahce. I remember some, they even beat Fenerbahce. I remember but they had Anderlecht, Fenerbahce, and someone else in their group. So they had, I think it was Dinamo Zagreb. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, they had three big Massive, European. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A group and I said if I go there and I and I'm gonna play it and massive stadium as well. Massive stadium. Fenerbahce away would be massive and mm. you, you go there, you play that game, you basically you, you put your name on the map like yeah. And that was something I thought, you know what, I'll go and try and do and unfortunately the deal didn't didn't go through and then a the week after I had a I had a knee injury and that kind of put me out for the first half of the season. Yeah. So um, going to Oldham probably I've rushed probably rushed it a bit um, because I literally was just coming back from a knee injury Oldham came in for me they were interested um, in taking me on loan um, I heard that Paul Scholes was going to be the manager um, and it was something I thought I'd go, I'd go there I'd learn off him um, they were good in terms of managing West Ham's expectations in terms of my injury and waiting for me so I mean, I signed for them on the deadline day, but I didn't end up going there till mid-Feb. Mm. So two weeks after, two and a half weeks after, um, because I I had to hit some like some things with my rehab for my knee. So they were good, went there, started off um, there really well um, in terms of when I, I played my first game was Berry away, massive game, um, especially for Oldham fans. It was a local derby. Um, I remember we sc- Callum Lang scored, and the f- and old we had two and a half thousand away fans there, and um, both head behind both sides of the goal, and they're setting off flares at either end of the ground at, at Berry, and um, I thought, wow, this is this is this is what I've been missing. Um, came on, and we got. I ended. We, I mean, I know we was one 0 up, um, 
I think they, I think they scored. No, so it was one nil up, and it like they was they was pushing us hard, and then obviously the gaffer um, said, "Oh, that's coming." So as I'm coming from the touchline to get my shirt on, they've equalised to make it one one. Then they've kicked off, and we've had a chance, and it's gone out for a goal kick. Um, they've brought me on. Then they've gone from the goal kick and they've gone up the other end and scored. So before I've even touched the ball, we're two one down. So my first touch was a kickoff, <laughs> and uh, I mean they they scored another, and then they kind of saw the game out. But I think I had two appearance, two appearances off the bench, and then I started my first game against Cambridge and I played really well. Mm. Uh, Seventy minutes uh, did really well in that. Um, I remember the manager like was was happy with me. Then I started the, on the Tuesday night against Lincoln, um, and then in that game, first forty five again, they're top of the league. They're, it reminded me kind of of the Forest Green game when I was at Solihull. They were top of the league. We were underdogs. We went there. We played. We were playing good football. We had chances. And then in, just before half time, I went in for a challenge and I dislocated my shoulder. And then I remember going off the pitch and like my shoulder was out and then I went down the tunnel and I couldn't get it back in and ended up going to hospital. Um, and we, I mean, we lost the game 3-1. Uh, I think it was 3-1. But 2 you know, I think we lost the game and then uh, I obviously had dislocated my shoulder and then had a, a quite a bit of time off for that. Um, I was told like I might need surgery for it. But for me, because I'd just, just come back from a knee surgery. I didn't want to go straight into a shoulder surgery and then to be out for the rest of the season. So I kind of pushed it, pushed myself, came back from that, um, did well in the games I came back from. So I think I played five more games towards the end of the season. Um, we had an outside chance of the playoffs. I mean, it came to mid-March uh, and if we won all our games, we'd make, we, if we won our last four games, we'd make the uh, playoffs. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, thing we lost to Exeter away, and then our playoff chances went. So then our season kind of died down, really. Um, but it was a good experience for me. First experience of league football. Um, I didn't, I didn't manage to score there, which was something that was on my back a bit. Yeah. Uh, because I kind of had a had a rough time of injuries and stuff. But um, yeah, went back to West Ham for pre-season. This last summer, um, we had a bit of a management change. Uh, Ricky Martin came, academy manager. Um, Liam Manning, who not was our Ricky tw- Martin. Nah, not you, <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Liam Manning, who was our twenty threes manager, went to New York City FC. Um, so uh, Dimitri Halasko came in, and uh, that combination, those two, really helped me in terms of my development. Dimitri believes in me a lot, but he's he's very good at man management, man managing the team, and tactically he's very very good as well. I mean, the way we play now, it, like against the problem for most teams, whether it be because we got relegated in the twenty threes league last season, so this season we're in the Premier League two division two, and we're like we play against we play friendlies against teams in the division above, and we walk them like we're just as good as them, if mm. not better. We played some good games towards the beginning of the season. Played against Brentford B. I remember I was in great form, playing well. I had clubs I wanted to take me on loan again, and then oh, for me it was always an opportunity. I always wanted to go on loan and get an opportunity to play yeah. again. And I felt like with the olden thing, I didn't do myself as much justice as I could have. 
Um, and I, I just went to Matt and then Mansell came in for me. And from knowing about Mansell last season, knowing that they're all they were fighting near the top of the league, should have they literally they should have gone up. I mean, they had about four or five games towards the end of the season where they just needed to needed a win to go up, and they didn't manage to go up. They lost in the playoffs, so I knew they'd want to push to go up this season. This season, so I went there thinking. Uh, I mean, the squad was really the squad's really good, and I went there thinking if I can go there, make an impact, and be in a team near the top of the league. I mean, they get opportunities, I mean, they get chances. So it was something I thought I should go for. Yeah. So. I mean, I went there and uh, I mean, things didn't really work out the way I thought they would. Um, uh, the manager brought me in and I, I played, I started, I played a few games towards the beginning off the bench and stuff, played in the Checker Trade Trophy. Uh, then I kind of grew a bit frustrated in terms of my game time because I was training well, I was doing well in games and then I wasn't getting an opportunity and I kept being told the same things, but it, 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 they weren't making sense to me. They weren't all added up. When when you went on loan to Mansfield, is that something that West Ham kind of like they they sort that out and like in terms of like they they say to you right, we think Mansfield is going to be a good loan option for X Y Z, or is that something they came in for you and you were just sort of like, yeah, I like the look of that. Um, I mean, it's a bit of both because they they sometimes they have clubs coming for you and they weren't even tell you because it's, they wouldn't let you go it's, they don't agree terms with the club mm. um, Mansfield was one because I know at the time like the um, Dimitri was telling me that other clubs were interested in me but Mansfield was one of those that I thought League 2 top top end of League 2 they've got a good budget um, good my agent to get some goals man yeah my agent told me about them and said it was the way they set up and the way they run has been pretty good so mm. It was almost that one that helped me towards it because at Oldham, I'd, Oldham at the time when I was there had quite a lot of issues in terms of the way they were running, the fans protesting the owner yeah. and things like that. So that was hard because you felt you're on the like you're preparing for a game and you know that the fans are might apparently going to have a tennis ball protest, but they're going to be tennis balls on the pitch. So it's like God knows like over, that you didn't know what was happening. Um, obviously, Paul Scholes resigned. And at that time when I got there, the boiler was out of the ground, so we was washing our own kit. Um, All sorts was going on. Mm. Um, And I don't know, it was almost I just needed somewhere to be where I could settle down and just just get get back to normality, get back to play football. So I went to Mansell. Yeah, it didn't quite happen there for you. It didn't quite happen for a number of reasons. I mean, um, personally, I I feel like the club would be in a different position if um, if we'd gone gone about it a different way in terms of on the pitch. Uh, we had a lot of good players that weren't playing. Um, we, went, we kind of, I mean, for the manager, I felt like it was always hard for him because the way we played, the system that he played, he kind of tried to fit everyone in, but it was always hard because you have to make those tough decisions sometimes. Um, but I, I, I didn't get... A, Oh, you cut out for a bit. Yeah. I think we had some Zoom gremlins. 
It's cool though. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Um, anyway, look, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so um, I'm, I want to just quickly move on to some. I'm going to just throw some questions at you. Um, um, who is the best player that you've played against? Mm, I played against. Um... I think in terms of at, like directly up against the best player I've played against would be, I mean, I, when I played against Jack Rodwell, that was a bit of a culture shock for me mm. because, I mean, he was a senior experienced pro and I was just coming out of non-league and, I mean, it was a 23s game, but it was still tough. I thought I'd, like I did well, but directly up against it would probably be him. In a game, um, the player, like, an attacking player on the opposition team probably Kundai Benyu when we played against Aldershot um, he was he was very very good that day um, uh, Norwood from Tranmere was good um, who else was there um, at Forest Green Christian Deutsch and Liam Noble very good players so yeah those I'd say those those ones pretty who who would you say is the best player that you train with at West Ham? So like that could be like first team um, under under twenty three. Who whoever first team? I'd say the player that sh- like shocks me the most when I trained with them to realize how good they were was Jack Wilshere. Okay, I remember yeah. when we joined the club, we had a Manuel Pellegrini asked so for a few of us young lads to play to train with them on international break and. Yeah. I remember he, it's like, you can't get the ball off him. He yeah. just knows where to move the ball, so you just can't get it off him. And he's just tidy in everything he does. Um, yeah, I wish he could stay fit, man. <laughs> but yeah, I, he's a very, very good player. Yeah. Um, what about, like, the guys like Manuel Lanzini, Anderson, uh, Philippe Lan- Anderson? Lanzini, and, and... Anderson, they're on real players yeah. as well. Yeah. Very, very good, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, man. I can imagine. Um, obviously, you mentioned earlier in the pod that you've got a certain um, cousin that uh, gave you some uh, boots. Yeah. I'm going to take a wild guess and, and f- see who that cousin is, yeah. It, but it's not a, a, a Bukayo Saka, is it? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had that knowledge beforehand, to be fair. Um, someone mentioned it to me and said that you, you are you are cousins with um, Bukayo. Um yeah. What's 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 he like as a player? Because obviously his um his development this season has been unreal. Like he he's just he's just come on leaps and bounds, and now you know people consider him as maybe you know um, potentially being one of the best left backs in the world, or maybe being one of the best wingers in the world at like his age group. I mean, I mean, I've, I've known him. I've known him my whole life. I've seen him grow up. I mean, we used to we used to play in the garden at my house and his house like every weekend it used to be me and his brother against him and my brother mm. and uh, it was always my brother my brother and his brother were both at Watford together he was at Arsenal I was at, I was at Chelsea so the four of us in the garden used to have some battles and he was always good like he's always strong quick and he was left foot always had a powerful left foot so seeing him grow up in the Arsenal Academy I mean I've watched I watched him play games all the time I remember he played this under fifteen game uh in against West Brom. So when I was at Solio, I had a game I the same night I had the Forest Green game. I went 
to see him. I went to watch him with my uncle when he was playing at left back, and they went. They were they were losing two 0 and their manager like pushed him to left wing, and he he came alive. I could, I was like he was beating players. He crossed. He I think he got an assist, and then he come in and cut inside on his right foot, similar to a goal he scored against um, Standard Liège in Europe. His right foot. Yeah, cut yeah. in on his right foot and just whipped it in. And they uh, and I remember all of all the parents for his age group went wild. I remember there's a video of his dad <laughs> going crazy, but I remember saying, "Oh, I'm gonna go school one for you tonight," so, and I did. So, yeah, just seeing him grow up has been good, and and playing with him and and things. And I mean, he's he's a he's a very good kid. Comes from a good home, and he, he's humble. And I mean, I think that's what helps him the most. And when he goes, I mean, I can imagine what he's like at Arsenal at training. When he goes there, he just gives his best and just does does what he's asked of really I mean he seems like I, know, type, yeah. I know he could he plays either left back or on the wings and no matter where he plays he has an impact I remember when I was alone I went to watch him at Sheffield United in the Premier League and I, I was I, I just I loved it I remember I played against him when I was for the 23s at West Ham the season before okay, and then yeah. that was good a good moment for us and then to see him um, obviously in the Premier League now I, I went to watch him for his Premier League debut so I mean we're quite close and I mean hopefully I get to play against him in the Premier League soon I mean yeah I don't know how many uh, footballing cousins would have played against each other in the Premier League but maybe you guys would be up there with, like being one of the first yeah I mean hopefully that's that's obviously the plan I mean he's ahead of me now so I've got to work to, yeah yeah to... yeah no don't worry man soon come soon come yeah. <laughs> anyway Dapper man it's been amazing having you on like I've really enjoyed it um like you're I know you've said that you wanted to come on the podcast so maybe like uh we can get you on the podcast soon uh the the, the main podcast I think the lads would be uh happy to happy to have you on and um just with them yeah yeah, I've got some. I've got some strong opinions. You got, you got, yeah, you got some. <laughs> got some got, agendas to to reel off. <laughs> People hate having football chats with me and debates because if I believe in something, I'm just I don't care what you say. Yeah, nah, that's it. So no, I mean, do you know what? That's what we're all about in it. But yeah, man, I appreciate your time completely, and um, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, man. All right, cheers, man. Cheers. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Sports Social Podcast Network.